When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Y'all know who it is. It's Black Trey. And I wanted to make a programming note. Growing up the same, we'll be taking a break into 2022. In the meantime, check out our old episodes and other pods on the Count the Deans Network. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied. The power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you want to place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. Welcome to Machiavellian Fucks, the succession podcast discussing the murders and acquisitions of the Roy family. I'm Jason Madison, alongside Nando Vila. We are going to give you a perspicacious view of the sociopathy that is cultivated at the highest level of the capitalist hierarchy. Around here, we stand Jerry Kelman, we're Shiv Roy apologists and have more skulls than Tom Wom's gams can shake a slur at. Shout out to the L to the OG. And if you can't take the park coat, then fuck off. Oh, very nice. <laughs> very excited to talk succession. One of the last, or one of the only, maybe the only like water cooler show around right now like the one that everyone has to watch so you can be in the know hbo has done it again (laughs) they have done it again this seems to be their calling card and um yeah adam mckay uh you know he's in his bag a la big short and you know his financial uh, (laughs) side of his game along with jesse armstrong who's written an amazing show show runs an amazing show so yeah yeah, you know, the 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 Adam McKay, you know, his hatred of the American ruling class uh, is pure uh, and it it seethes through all of succession. It's one of the reasons why we love it, folks. Yeah. And it seems like he has a very keen understanding of what makes them tick, mm. um, you know, and all the different personalities that are involved in the class, you know, and I think that is what makes it so interesting because, you know, you think about rich people kind of almost, well, a lot of people I would say as a monolith, right? Mm. You think think of them in terms of either the politicians or, you know, the tech people that we hear about, but we don't necessarily discuss the uh, Connor, Connor Roy's or the Roman Roy's of the yeah. world. Or even the shivs, for that matter, right? Most of the rich women are relegated to either your Oprahs or, uh, you know, whoever, you know, you would think of, but but nobody like that. Yeah, the other thing is, like, there's also this whole other class of people within the show, which are, like, uh, a very real uh, phenomenon amongst uh, the very rich, which are what I would call, like... uh, Corporate operators who don't really do anything, you know, uh, it's like, you know, the 80, 20 rule in life, you know, like that, that kind of where like 80% of the stuff is made by 20% of the people. Uh, and, and that kind of that proportion, uh, 
is remarkably consistent across a bunch bunch of things like the the frank character and the carl character and even to some extent the jerry character they're just kind of there they're just kind of smart at at being in the game but they don't really do anything their whole thing is about uh their their number one skill is being able to cover their ass when something goes wrong and uh and to deflect the blame to others when something goes wrong and that's what allows them to ascend to the upper echelons of the corporate ladder um and achieve like insane amounts of wealth but they don't really no one knows what they do like what do they do in the company like i think i think to a certain extent it's kind of just being a skilled linguist and a and a good gamesman like to know what game you're in and how you can wiggle and finagle your way around. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to put Jerry in the same class as Frank and Carl. She <laughs> seems to have a little bit more utility than they yeah. do. Uh, she, she does a lot of, you know, obviously Logan's bidding. She's uh, Roman's babysitter, you know, so she does serve uh a seemingly useful purpose <laughs> greater than a lot of the other henchmen in the show. But there's even, you just mentioned that like there's the part of their number one skill is like this, their use of words and slippery language. And like, there's that great scene in the, in the first season, uh, in the first episode of season three, uh, where she calls like Trump's like essentially like either chief of staff or Kellyanne Conway type figure. And they have that conversation mm-hmm. over the phone where she's like trying to suggest some course of action without saying it um outright you know like she can't say like listen dude just get the fucking president to fire the agent and put in someone who's gonna fucking uh and she can't say that she has to she has to dance around it by using euphemisms and 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 the like and uh and she she knows how to do it yeah and that was actually my favorite part of the of the episode because exactly what you just mentioned and and even to that point when Logan is behind her and he does the the finger across the throat to end the conversation where we kind of all know that the conversation should end right there. She's lost her battle of the wits with whoever she's on the other side of the phone with when she tries to get them. She says uh, something to the effect like, let's have the old guys get on the blower and she she gets <laughs> which is down. like is that an expression that anyone has ever used like maze is, is not in his the head. day yeah it's what the old yeah. guys do they get on the blower they get on the blower <laughs> like it's something the the millennials because we don't have like phones and we don't talk on the phone that's like maybe an expression you know that that just doesn't exist anymore but yeah i get the old get the two old guys on the blower and and have them blow it out or whatever <laughs> yeah. i don't yeah. get it <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she was shot down but i i also love um you know the other layer of people i guess the i guess the hierarchy would would go you know obviously logan at the top and then you know you have the the kids and everybody who's on their layer but then you have everybody who's right under them the toms the the gregs and then so that layer and the one right under them which would be the people who the guy who Tom put his feet on, you know, like yeah. all of the people right under them. It's such a big chasm between that yeah. like third and fourth tier. And it's, and it's really interesting to see how that structure of life works. Well, we look at the, we talk about the 1% versus the 99% a lot. And that's true. There is a 1% and we are not a part of it. And then there's the 99%, but then within the 1%, 
it's the same exact proportion. The diff, the distance between the 99% and the 1% in the overall population is the exact same distance within the 1% of the 1% and the 99% of the 1%, if that makes sense. And then within yeah. that 1%, it's the same exact proportion. That the wealth, as it goes up, goes up exponentially. So the distance yeah. between the people at the top is at the, is the same, is, is, is distributed along the same proportionality as the overall population. So you start to see, like, once you get up there, you're like, holy shit, there's like this whole other class of people that are like, like the same distance that you or I would have to uh you know a multimillionaire or whatever uh so yeah they capture that as well really well yeah the tears of sycophantic behavior it kind of functions like a human centipede whereas whoever's in front of you you're eating their shit and then you are shitting on whoever is below you which is why tom is so fascinating because he eats more shit than anyone you know bore on the floor in in court yeah. at the Senate hearing, but then as soon as he feels like he has power over someone, he's putting yeah. his feet up on them. He's inventing yeah. footstooling, or he's yelling at Hugo on the plane in the first episode, like "fuck off, Hugo," because Hugo's below <laughs> him, so he can actually say what he wants. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the funny thing about that is those guys kind of know that they will always toil in the middle, right? Oh, Tom yeah. is aware of his position. And to an extent that kind of makes him more of an asshole to other people below him. Cause he's like, well, I'm never going to be Kendall or, you know, anybody above me. So I got to make you eat shit. And, yeah. uh, and then you look at, or at least to me, I think the, the people with the best chances to advance from power are Greg and Marsha who yeah. seemingly came from nothing. Right. I mean, Greg is, is, somewhat born into wealth, but not totally, right? And then Marsha came from her village or wherever, and she's been able to usurp everybody. And, you know, it's just interesting to see there are instances where there are people who come completely outside of the wealth circle and are able to, you know, insulate themselves within it. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the uh, one of the paradoxes that uh, a lot of the self-made uh billionaires or rich people uh, face is that they built this they build this great empire they you know achieve insane amounts of wealth uh, they spawn a bunch of children who are then uh, given uh, amounts of wealth that are unimaginable to any normal human being um, which makes them soft which makes them uh, um, strange Turtle fucking cream yeah exactly um and and then the self-made guy who came from nothing ends up hating his own children which is what you know this is what this this is a dynamic that this show captures perfectly is that logan roy fucking despises each and every one of his kids you know he might tolerate them every once in a while he might have a sweet moment with them every once in a while but deep down inside he fucking resents them he despises them because they will they will never understand what it means to have suffered in any meaningful way um and so i think that when he's like constantly but they all want to like leave a legacy right so they want to give the company off to their kids but they fucking hate their kids so that's the dilemma inside of logan roy which makes him which would makes him so interesting and i think that he understands on some level that 
Kendall is just like a millennial shithead who like is polished in all the right jargon and says like all kinds of, you know, talks like a non-human because he just talks in this kind of like insane corporate speak, which he substitutes for his lack of um, drive or will to power or insane uh, desire to dominate that Logan Roy has. Uh, Shiv is kind of like Kendall, just way too, cares way too much about what polite society thinks about her. And then ironically, the other one, the younger one, Roman, is as sociopathic as Logan Logan Roy, like is a full-on sociopath, does not give a shit what anyone thinks about him. But because he grew up so insanely wealthy, he's essentially got like arrested development and he's like a, just this child, like a, like a literal child. Like he cannot grow up and he can't have sex. And he's like this weird, like, you know, he's just like stunted um, in some way. And it's and he, because, yeah, he grew up so wealthy. And he probably has the lowest IQ of the, Probably yeah. maybe the four of them. Right. I mean, yeah. Con- Connor is obviously some sort of history buff. You know, he he does have some blind spots in, in his self-awareness. But, you know, Roman, he in a lot of ways, you see, he does not understand the, the mechanisms of the corporate structure and how things work. He's able to, you know, obviously parse his way through by being his dad's lapdog. But yeah. other than that, like he doesn't have his own ideas. He doesn't he doesn't know what to do at any turn, you know. And um, I think Kendall's, you know, great folly or one of them, you know, he has plenty um, is that he doesn't know what he wants, you know, other than yeah. to beat his dad. He doesn't really have anything that he's particularly interested in or anything that he likes. He just he wants to be thought of as cool, you know, and and Shiv, you know, I like Shiv. I I mean, she just she has the same attributes as her dad, where she's just a terrible person, you know, like at her core, she's just she's just ruthless. She doesn't really care about other people like that, you know, but she's smart as fuck and she can, you know, manipulate any situation with the best of them. Yeah. One of the, one of the other dynamics that I find uh, super interesting in the show and that captures uh, very accurately is that men like Logan Roy, these kind of uh, old school patriarchs, you know, you, you don't see that type of person that much anymore because of a certain um, level of bourgeois college indoctrination that the ruling class has now. But, um, you know, he comes from a different era. He comes from the working class. Um, and men like that, that become like these kind of patriarchal figures and, and frankly, bullies, uh, like aggressive domineering bullies. The one thing that they desperately want, they want it on some deep level, even though they don't like necessarily know they want it is for someone to stand up to them. You know, and so and and so like when when they surround themselves by these yes men, which they always do because they're bullies, you know, Mm -hmm. but they end up fucking hating the yes men, including their children, um, Mm -hmm. which is why he like as soon as Roman kind of like begs for the job and then he's like, oh, no, but Jerry might do it or whatever. Oh, whatever you want that. Like as soon as he's like, you know, he's out. And but the, the, the interesting thing to me was, you know, at the end of season two, when Kendall betrays Logan um, in this kind of very shocking way, Logan actually kind of smiles. Yep. Yeah. You know, like he's like proud of him on some level. He respected yeah. it. He yeah. respected it. He's like, move. it's yeah. a decent move. But then as soon, like the beginning of this episode, as soon as he calls him and Kendall like just freaks out, he's like, I can't take that right now. Had Kendall gotten on the phone and be like, what? 
You know, I did it. What the yeah. fuck? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Logan would have respected it and would have been like, okay, let's work out a deal. It'll be great. Like you're back in. Like he doesn't understand that, that like what those people desperately want is to just be fucking someone to stand up to them. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is that is, is that, you know, if it wasn't yeah. his dad, he might be able to see clear. But the fact that they have this familial relationship is clouding, you know, his judgment on all fronts. And the other thing too, is that I think Logan actually really likes Shiv, but back to your patriarchal uh, perspective, she's a woman. So he can't let go of that, you know? Yeah. It's so funny because this, the series starts off with him trying to, you know, wrest control of his own fortune and give it to Marsha (laughs) <laughs> for no other reason than that he just likes her you yeah. know but for some reason you know because he's an older man coming from that time period he can't see shiv in the role even though you know all accounts point to her being yeah. his successor but he he likes he knows that shiv is the smartest one but shiv also doesn't have the insane kind of uh, like, okay, for example, in this episode, um, everyone's like wondering what to do, whether they should cooperate with the feds uh, and basically apologize and be like, we're going we're gonna to be better or whatever. Um, and Shiv, because she cares about like what her bourgeois uh, uh, norms tell her to, it's like, no, we have to cooperate with the feds. Are you crazy? Like we have to cooperate with the feds and we should like, you know, like do a soft PR thing where we're like kind of coming, you know, like apologize for this, you know, whatever, get a woman in there to like, you know, whatever. Um, and Logan's instinct is always like, let's get the fucking shark lawyer. Let's not get that woman lawyer. Like he gets talked into it, but yeah. he wants the fucking shark. He wants to just go full aggro. The thing is, he's probably right that that's the best way to go forward. I mean, Trump taught us that, right? Like never right. apologize, like never back down, no matter what you get caught in, just like bluster through it. You'll be better off uh, in the long run. If you, as soon as you apologize, it's an admission of guilt and they will, the apology will never uh, satisfy the people who are, you know, demanding it. And, but she can't do that. She can't see that. You know, she's like, like, of course we're going to cooperate with the feds. And Logan's like, no, we're going scorched earth. Like this is because this, but that is what, that is what you need to succeed under capitalism is this insane desire for competition. Um, And if you don't, someone will do it. You know, someone will, Someone will replace you some other, either at your own company or at some other company. Um, someone who's willing to do the dirty business of it is going to do it and they're going to win. Yeah. And, and also Logan realizes that, listen, I represent this side of the brain, this side of the coin, a Republican, whatever you want to, you know, categorize it as. And like you said, as soon as I start apologizing for things, then maybe I'm starting to lean towards the other side a little bit. And that's when my empire can fall. If I'm, if I have all my troops, all 70 million Trump voters or whoever on my side, it doesn't matter what they throw at me, I will not fall. And he's aware of that. And, you know, we look back at Shiv's past and she was with Gil and, you know, she's kind of bringing the wind about which side she wants, what she believes in. And Logan can't stand for that. Yeah, no, you can't stand for that. You got to go full full court press all the time, every single second of the fucking game. Um, you give an inch, and they'll take a fucking mile. That's 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 the reality. I mean, it's like it's not nice and it's not pretty, but that's why this show works so much. Like, you know, they don't soften 
the satire. Um, they don't, uh, they don't like, you know, the typically, typically in, in, you know, in an American studio, uh, would, you know, you got to find a sympathetic character that you need to root for, uh, the audience needs to like get behind or whatever. And this, this show, like, I think one of the reasons why it's become such a phenomenon is, is, is that, that they don't pull, they don't pull any of that shit. They just, it's just relentless in its, um, in its nasty portrayal of our, rotten and disgusting ruling class. I mean, that's just the reality. People know that. People know that we're... Why do you think there's all these fucking conspiracies around, like, you know, uh, Pizzagate and, uh, you know, Q and all that shit? Like, why do you think those things have such popular purchases? Because people understand in their bones that we're being run by sick sickos, you know, that are, like, sickos fucking run everything. Um, And there's no good people in that, in that. Once you get to a certain stratosphere, they're never good. You right. know, like uh, pick whichever billionaire you can think of that is known as like the good billionaire or whatever. Those guys are fucking sickos. They have right. to be. Yeah. You to know? acquire that qu- that kind of wealth, you have to have done some kind of heinous yeah. activity to. But your, a counterpoint to what you just said, what about Cousin Greg? Obviously, we know that he's done some foul shit. But I think in the eyes of the average viewer and most people watching the show, that's the person they root for, right? Yeah, he's oh, the no, closest yeah. to the audience avatar by far. Yeah, yeah I mean, his yeah. journey starts at the beginning of the show and he enters the world just like we did, right? So he's right. coming in at the same level of knowledge. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's true. But Cousin Greg's like a slimy little fuck too, you know? Like, oh, I mean, <laughs> he's a slimy fuck. Um, and a Machiavellian fuck. Yeah, he's a Machiavellian fuck. He's just... He's very young and he doesn't have much power within it, but he's quickly identified a way to get power, which is essentially by blackmail, um, you know, and he identified that right away. So he has the gene um, in him if he wants to be like, I suspect by the end of the show, like season, whatever, six, like cousin Greg will be at the upper echelons of Waystar Royco as some sort of like power player uh, that's, because that's he's a slimy the, fuck. The flash forward that I envision as an ending is cousin greg he's the new logan he's old he's succeeded you know like yeah the least likely you know yeah. the the orphan in the basket that floats down the river and ends up leading the revolution like that yeah. that would be a funny way to do it no for yeah. sure and i think he's actually learning a lot from everybody you know like you can see him visually soaking things up as the series progresses whether it's from tom and everything that goes on at that level. And, you know, obviously they put him in the midst of the cruiser scandal. And then now with him on Kendall's side, I mean, Kendall has kind of been nurturing him since, you know, they came, they came together, you know, yeah. like Kendall kind of sees a friend in Greg and Greg just sees opportunity. It seems like, you know, <laughs> it's like you're my cousin, but like, okay, you know, my mom's poor. I'm trying to figure out a way to hustle up and get us out of this. Yeah. Trip. yeah. Man, I, I like, I was so happy, you know, this, it's been two years since the last episode of succession, right. Which is just abnormally long for this kind of thing. So I think like the, the pressure cooker was building and like, there was a lot of pressure on, 
on the succession team to deliver, you know, a fucking killer episode, which in my opinion, they absolutely did like that. That was a, that was succession firing on all cylinders, that episode, but nothing more than the scene, uh, between Kendall and cousin Greg, uh, when, as you mentioned, when Kendall's like, listen, Greg, I need you to like, I need you to like take my socio-political temperature, man. I need you to like stick a thermometer up the ass of the nation and tell me like, is this going to, you know, like hurt my rep in any way. And Greg's like, uh, yeah, I could do that. Uh, how, how exactly, you know, like, I don't have no idea. He's yeah. just yeah. talking fucking nonsense too, you know? And then like when he's just like, uh, uh any conclusions, Greg, from your media watch? And he's like, media, yeah, you know, monitoring. <laughs> yeah. He's like the internet's a big place. And uh, some of the tweets are good, but some of them were bad. And, yeah. uh, I didn't read all of them because there's a lot of internet. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, and the funny thing about it is like, even in that capsule, like you look at then what Kendall did and him bringing in those, those ladies to basically do what Greg was doing. And essentially he's going to pay them some King's ransom to just do what Greg was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, they're not going to do a lot better no. or than you know, it's, it's Twitter, but he's placed, such like this artificial worth on, you know, this being a part of his brand and all that, because again, his character is so vapid in real life that he knows he has to fill it up with something that means something to somebody. He's going to get the BoJack writers to write his tweets. <laughs> yeah, the BoJack guys. <laughs> the Bo- <laughs> BoJack guys. Yeah, I'm going to get some guys from the Lampoon. Um, yeah, dude, uh, that, that was like, I mean, there, uh, you guys have worked in businesses or whatever. Like, there's nothing more bullshit than like a social media consultant, right? Like, you know, like that is just like a not like one of the one of the ironies of American capitalism is that there's so much ass covering needed uh, to survive within it that a huge percentage of any operating budget goes to these like consultants uh, who don't do anything, like really don't do anything other than help you cover your ass. You know, like when the inevitable shit hits the fan, you're like, well, I hired the best people. They're the best. Um, and they told us to do this. And then like, they don't have to suffer any consequences because they just move on to the next company. Um, but like a huge amount of this money is like sloshing around, um, this consultant class, which are like, yeah, digital brand experts and you know, whatever the fuck. And cool tweets. Where they say we want to discuss our five points or something. something. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, yeah. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. Do you feel like that? If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It could be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. 
We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist, and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with. And they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com slash dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Let's get to the the meat and potatoes of the episode and the and you know what I really loved about this, the the new character, Lisa Arthur, played by Sanaa Lathan. Um, 
Thank God Succession brought a black character on the show. Season three, finally. (laughs) And they made her intelligent and sought after, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure the writers knew that they had to do that. (laughs) Um, But it was a great casting choice, and I think it was perfectly positioned. Um, Sanaa, I think, played the role great. She had one of the great best uh, moments in the episode when she called Kendall a puppet. Um, I thought that was dope. And also when... uh, you know, her and Shiv went tête-à-tête, um, Shiv overplaying her hand, as she often does, and <laughs> not realizing that Kendall had one up on her, as he sometimes yeah. does. So, yeah. you know, um, I like Sanaa's role in this episode. I'll be interested to see, you know, how they, you know, flesh it out throughout the season. But I think she's a dope addition to the cast. Let me well, ask you guys real quick. So when Shiv says that they're friends, quote unquote, you know, they're really, they're not friends. So like, no. did she meet here? Did they meet each other at like a Gil charity dinner? Like where did they first cross paths, Nando? Well, there's uh, some speculation that they had uh, more than friends. Whoa. Situation wow. <laughs> That's a good image right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the most likely place that they met is in like Yale or whatever the fuck, uh, right. you know, that they were like college friends in some elite, um, you know, Ivy League place uh, or like, I mean, I mean, you know, Shiv is a is a society person in, in New York, as any kind of successful, powerful, rich woman uh, is, is involved in like, I mean, it could be uh, the uh, the foundation to support Friends of the Met or whatever, or uh, the Lincoln Center uh Blah, blah, blah. Uh, all this shit, like this, like, uh, ruling class social lubrication, which is the uh, philanthropic industrial complex around, especially around high culture. Uh, at the New York City Ballet, they're both like, they, they have the box next to each other at the fucking New York City Ballet or whatever. Uh, these are all options where they would have been friends. But they're not really friends because none of these people can be friends. No. Right? It's they like, can't they be real friends. friends. Everybody's exactly. on the payroll. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and they're all they're all out for each other on some level, and they're all for sale. Um, like they would never like stand up for a friend uh, if it cost them like a single cent. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I think that the the introduction of like a a a, a powerful, successful uh, female black attorney into the show, like a lesser show, would have made her you know, like have some sort of wisdom that like the others don't, but like, no, they, they realize that if she was to get there to that position of power, she has to be just as ruthless as the other ones, if not more ruthless. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, then Shiv kind of mentions this, like, no, she loves money and she loves to fucking win, you know, like, um, yeah. she's a shark too, you know, like she's just like anyone else in, in this world. Like they didn't make her like the, you know, she brings a different perspective or something. It's like, right. no, th- that's the way it works is like, it absorbs minorities by, it either absorbs the ones that are, are most like them, you know, um, or it turns them into that, you know, like that, that's how the system works. It doesn't like allow for a different perspective. Yeah. Um, There's no diversity hires in these (laughs) groups. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't operate like that on any level, but she's just as, uh, sharp tongued as the rest of them. And if not more so, you know, we might see that in, in weeks to come as much as they, you know, were, advocating for her they were all you know singing her praises and i also found it slightly interesting that they didn't mention she was black you know i would have thought that logan or one of one of them would have mentioned you know her race in some 
some sort of way. And, and the fact yeah. that pulled back from that, I thought was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm curious to meet who this shark lawyer that he always wanted from the beginning, this Leo guy, um, right. what, what he is, uh, you know, some sort of like, uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz type or something, uh, you know, just some fucking scorched earth, um, you know, or like, what's that guy? What's that guy who was going to run for president? Michael Avenatti, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so where we, um, if we're placing futures bets, I don't know if you're a sports better, but if you we're placing futures bets on who, let's say wins the season out of the kids, who do we like? I mean, certainly not Kendall. I mean, it's very obvious that Kendall is going to like, is going to get close and then and it's going to blow up in his face. Like it has to, um, I don't think any of the kids are going to win. I mean, I think they're, they're not going to give the victory to one of the kids. It's going to be something orthogonal to that. Uh, uh, but I think if I had to choose, uh, I mean, what's going to happen is I think Shiv, Shiv is going to ally with Kendall and, and Roman is going to, is going to go hard with, uh, with, uh, uh, with Logan, which is kind of a mirroring the real life Murdoch, uh, family in which like, um, What's his name? Lachlan is uh, one of them is like a is like way more into like the right wing propaganda shit. Uh, yeah, Lachlan is the one who's like way more closer to uh, Rupert and like aligned in his political vision and uh, loves Fox News and like all that shit. And then there's uh, uh, the other one, uh, James, I think, who's like a Kendall. He's like the liberal, more polished, uh, you know, invited to all the cool parties and stuff. Um, and so I think Roman, who doesn't give a shit about any of that, um, is going to ally himself with Logan. Whereas the two kind of, you know, millennial snowflakes, uh, Shiv and Kendall are going to, are going to join forces. Yeah. It looks right now, like Roman is kind of in the catbird seat, right? He's got Jerry on his side. Logan is obviously in his favor. And even though Kendall has Lisa Arthur, as she plainly put it at the end of the show, he wants to take down his dad without implicating him while still having rest and control and interest in the company, which yeah. is seemingly an impossibility. So it seems like there's no roadmap for him to accomplish what he wants to. And then him and Shiv, they can't really play nice. So it seems like they would rather, you know, feed each other poison than win the game. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, my bet is on Roman, uh, coming out yeah. by the end of the season. What's your bet on whether Shiv and Tom even, even like get back to like, even get again? together again, because they're yeah. going to be, they're clearly on separate sides. They're going to be on separate sides, right? Like Tom yeah. is going to be next to Logan, um, in Sarajevo or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Shiv, and he's like, yeah, the way they said goodbye, I was like, yeah, we'll talk about our stuff like later and she's like yeah yeah totally and then like that, that just seems be to be like, like six or I think seven that conversation, episodes yeah that conversation won't happen till the end if at all i uh, think tom went pretty quickly back to lapdog status as soon as he heard that she was up for it so i mean i if it definitely does seem like shiv is gonna go to kendall i don't know if it's like immediately right now like that's where her car is headed or if it'll happen a bit later but if she's with kendall that puts Tom in a really weird position. Yeah. Having to suck up to Logan, but then also, you know, his wife. I don't think they'll settle their relationship stuff at all. I think that has she, been firmly backseated. She fucking put him up to go to fucking prison to take the fall for the thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> now he can't be extradited. So it's all good. Yeah. It's, it's all good, good. Nando. It's all good. Yeah, no, she's dealt him some, you know, some heavy blows, man. And yeah. open marriage on the day of the wedding, right? <laughs> yeah, like, Dropping that on you. Yeah, I mean, uh, in addition to I was cheating on you before, right before we got married. Yeah, That's with about, the Bernie bro. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is just like it makes it even worse. Uh, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, but I can't. You know, Tom, he's not going to leave. You know, right. he, this is this is everything he's ever wanted. So. For him, I don't really see his his out. It's not like he's going to grow a soul or a heart yeah. over the course of the next few episodes. So um, I think Tom is is going to be fine suffering in silence. You know? Yeah. One of the things that's so that's so insightful also is that at that level of wealth that they can't enjoy it, right? Like they can't enjoy any of the fruits of their wealth. Like they have all this comfort, but they can't really take pleasure from any of the of the insanely, you know, like the, the nice bottles of wine or whatever that they that they can afford now, the, the insane food that they can have whenever they want, the hotel rooms. They can never stop to enjoy it because they're always worried about someone else you know they're always jockeying for position they can never have time to stop and smell the roses um and that's a very true thing um that you know the the saying that money doesn't buy you happiness is is bullshit propaganda but right. it is true that up to a certain point you know <laughs> yeah. you know like you know biggie was right like after a certain amount like more money more problems you oh, know yeah. like uh, but obviously it sucks to be poor but then you know you get up to a certain level of material wealth that you uh, does allow you to enjoy life a bit a little bit but then once you get past that um you start to just like you know you taste the fruits of it and it just tastes like sand um you know yeah i think Um, i think food actually was like a very interesting uh topic of this episode right where logan is talking about saliva (laughs) like carl wants a sandwich and he's like fuck that we're not eating if i get the shits we're fucked and obviously the wine bottle with Rava and Naomi. And, um, you know, I'm really, I was actually really interested to see Rava's character and how, you know, she dealt with Kendall in this episode. I thought that was really interesting how they had her yeah. kind of just like pacifying him in a way and letting him do his thing. And then he still could not help himself but to say some fucked up shit and bring Naomi over. Bring his fucking girlfriend over to the ex-wife's house. I mean, well, the funniest thing, the funniest thing is like, you know, he's so desperate for approval, um, you know, which is, it's his his flaw, right? You know, like it's why he'll never be CEO. It's because he's so desperate for approval, he can never be it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But like, you know, the first thing is like, hey, did you you see me out there? Like, what'd you think? You know, like, and she's like, I I was busy. I didn't didn't watch it. You know, (laughs) it's like the most devastating thing you could she could have ever said to him um and then because he's a spoiled brat right like as it is inevitable to grow up uh uh, you know the scion of a billionaire uh there's no way that you you just had all the toys you could ever want whenever you wanted them um so like he has no uh he probably doesn't even realize that it's weird to invite his fucking you know smoke show girlfriend uh to the ex-wife with in the house in the house with her kid with their kids you know like but to him but to him right he's probably like i i bought this house i pay for this house yeah me me or he doesn't even think about it you know it's like i get whatever (laughs) i want whenever i want it you know like he he uh, thinks that him asking was actually like the nice 
the very right. nice thing. Right? That was a lot. Yeah. 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 That was a lot. Like he was being yeah. like more than gracious by asking her, yeah. <laughs> like, which is, that's the world that he, he, he lives in. No, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how Rava and his relationship plays out over this season. Cause it's, it's never been good. And it was good yeah. for about five seconds when he showed up to the door and that was it. I gotta admit, I have to look up. I was like, who's this woman again? You know, <laughs> like, wasn't I wasn't in to, season two. I know. All. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, who's, I like, looked it up very quickly. I was like, Rava Roy. I was like, is it, I thought for a second it was like cousin Greg's mom, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I, I like didn't remember at all. Yeah. Well, remember the incident with Logan and his son and the, uh, and the memory game that they were playing. Yeah, yeah, no, now I remember. Yeah, but like at the time when I was watching it, uh, I was like not exactly sure. Yeah. What do we think's coming up next episode? Man, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. We're going to see like what uh, Logan's counterattack is, right? Because this was like, you know, Kendall punched first and Logan took a, you know, took a, took a serious shot. And, um, but Kendall immediately folded um, or immediately gave up his advantage uh, by not, insisting upon by not like you know um and and now now comes the logan counterpunch and and that should be interesting to see what it is yeah no i, I read an article that said uh kendall roy is the worst chess player of all time yeah <laughs> you know and it's just like at the moments when he should press he falls back and the moments when he should yeah. fall back he presses yeah. and it's just every measure is counterintuitive and He's he's just a lost little boy, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see where shit was driving her car. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that's gonna be interesting. I think she's certainly the one who leaked it. Yeah, that Jerry is CEO because it was right. the only people that knew that were anybody who was with Logan and Shiv. So yeah, right. That seems to be her move. Will she go back to the Bernie Sanders guy? Kill even. <laughs> Is he going to win the presidency? Whatever is that storyline just dead or? Because that he's the guy leading the 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 investigation or whatever, right? I think the yeah. election will factor in. I don't know if it'll be this season or maybe like next season, but yeah. they they tease that again. You know, it's not Trump, but it is a Trump like raisin. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that that will play in, but I I think she's going to Kendall to talk to him, but not to like join him join him quite yet nice for the show we should do like a, a best lines like segment like where we pull the yeah. best line episode there was a lot of good ones i mean suck my dick uh, he said as he, yeah. we suffer from the sexual assault allegations yeah. uh that's it that one's in there um take my socio i want you to stick a term, term temperature uh thermometer up the nation's ass to take my sociopolitical temperature is fucking great um uh like maybe some quick hit tedx talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what about what about carl if your hands are clean that means th there's a manicurist at your whorehouse <laughs> <laughs> carl loves his whores man he loves the whores dude he, he loves, loves those the pros whores. Yeah. he also loves sandwiches yeah hey, they often go hand in hand my favorite exchange was the the oj <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Juicy right. loose, like, baby. <laughs> yeah. Who says I haven't killed anyone? <laughs> right. Which was like, I was like, whoa. That's a record scratch moment. That brings everything to a halt. You're just like, oh, yeah. wow. If there's any better representation of somebody being a sociopath, it's Kendall wallowing in his own grief for a whole season, like unable to move. And then he snaps out of it and says, 
fuck it, I'm going to make a joke about the guy that I killed. Like, what? <laughs> Insane. But we love him. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the pod. Check us out next week. Peace.